Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor and producer and director of the show, Resident Alien. If you haven't seen it already, you need to check it out now. Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil and myself, your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Hello. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey. The Resident Alien Show. The Resident Alien Show. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's people out there that don't even know that you work on that. So I I just want to, you know, just in case they're they're tuning into this episode for the very first time, they've got to go. They have to go check check it out. It's such a fun show. Yeah. It's sci-fi and comedy and all the things I love. Alan Tudyk is the star. Yes. All the Firefly fans out there. Mm -hmm. should watch this he is amazing yeah, yeah it's a lot of fun yes agreed. good times how are you i'm hanging in there i'm hanging yeah. in there yeah okay so this week's episode is yes eleven fifty-nine. oh yeah it's the one with the time yeah it's a time but it's episode. not military time that we know of i i feel like it's one minute to midnight is what they're kind okay. of implying. Yeah, you you mentioned that uh, in our the end of our last the last uh, podcast podcast that yeah. we did, and so you're thinking eleven fifty nine is in reference to the um, it, to midnight as opposed to noon, correct? Feels so, like it. Yeah, okay. noon, right. but yeah. it should be. Mi- I mean, that makes time. more. Yeah, it, it, if it was military time, it would be then twenty three fifty nine, right? Yeah. But. May, but maybe it has something to do with non-military stuff. So maybe, maybe, yeah, because it doesn't make it. It doesn't make much sense to say eleven fifty one minute to noon. It's no, no. It doesn't have the same dramatic effect as one minute. One to minute midnight. to lunchtime, right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's not as dramatic. Yeah. You're right. Definitely. Okay. Well, we will see. Yeah, we're gonna see. We will check that out for sure. The other thing I was thinking about this title, by the way, you know how they number like different iPhones or. Yes. Or, you know, like, yes, it's the iPhone 10 or, 10, or operating yes. system 10 point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 12.2, 12.1 yes. operating system. Yes. Maybe this is like uh, 1159 is the system 1150. I don't know. It can't be because they didn't have that back then. When we made these shows, they didn't have operating systems like Microsoft Windows. No. 3.2. No. They didn't do things like that. It didn't even occur to people to number systems like that, that I'm aware of. That's correct. It feels like a very, you know, like that started happening in the 2000s, in the last 10, 15 years. The only thing that gets numbered, if you think about it in our show all the time, are Borg designations. So 11 of 59. (laughs) <laughs> oh 11 of 59 maybe species, it could be that or species yeah. of 1159 you know so this is maybe it's a board thing oh wow no, we have now we've got so many ideas we have so many it's ideas t- we don't even... once you get away from the time construct yes this could be about so many things yes just remove the colon all right let's go watch this we'll be right back everybody with our recap and discussion of 1159 for all of our Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. Thanks. 
All right, we are back for um, watching 11.59. It is currently 58 after the hour right now yes, that it we're is. starting this. We're trying to time we're trying to time get time right exactly. in sync with the title of the show. Yes. Um, okay. okay. All right, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead with our poetry synopsis. And let's here we do, go. Start with a little art, a little culture. We need, everyone needs a little art or culture or yes. poetry yes. in their life. Here we go. My haiku for 1159. Millennium Gate. We honor our ancestors. Shannon O'Donnell. <laughs> Just the name. Just the name. That's it. That's all Can't the syllables else you got. In there. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. I know. Thank it's God Shannon of... O'Donnell is five syllables exactly. Yes. Because I wanted to say Shannon O'Donnell Janeway, but I'm like, no. Shannon Janeway is only four. So exactly. Shannon O'Donnell is what I have Okay. Is that, is let's that go fine? With our, let's go with our limerick Your now, limerick shall straight we? straight from Ireland, please. Okay, here Let we go. Hear with our poetry limerick for 1159. Yes. Portage Creek has the Millennium Gate but its beginnings were up for debate. Janeway just wants the facts as the story starts to collapse. Sometimes family history really needs an update. Oh, an update. Yes. I like that. Millennium Good. gate, debate, update. update. Yes, mm -hmm. got, it's the rhyming is all part yeah. of the thing. Very good. That's part of the culture. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, first of all, you were right about David Livingston taking up ah, time. <laughs> bam. Excuse I me, knew I'm it. trying I was to like, direct my episode, someone to watch over me. Can yeah, David like, please leave? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking about the crane and the lighting and the snow. I forgot about the snow. I remember so that now. they put snow down too, obviously. Snow oh and my all goodness. Of, they were, you know, day and night lighting on the back lot. Yeah, so yeah. Lots of things for David to talk about. Yeah. And um, I also noticed, mm -hmm. I, we can get there, but it occurred to me in the middle of the episode yeah. that they redressed Sandrine's bar, which I was shooting in while they mm -hmm. were prepping. Mm -hmm. They redressed Sandrine's bar for the bar in this episode. Oh. So when they're in the bar watching football and all that, yeah. it is redressed Sandrine's bar. Oh, I did not know that. And I by did. the way, I was quite excited to see football <laughs> on a Voyager yes, episode. I was like, look at that. It wasn't college football, but it was still football, yeah. which is rare. So. Here's the thing, though. I got to say, here's one <laughs> like just general throwing out random thoughts. Yes. So this was supposed to be happening in December of 2000. The story. Sem yes, December. 20 it was the millennium. It was New right. Year's Eve. They were talking about. Right. You know, the the Y2K bug and everything. And they were yeah. making jokes about it's not even this year. It's some people think it's next year in 2001. So this was 19. It was basically happening when we were filming the show. But yes. as I looked at like the vehicles and things. Yeah, they like, looked old. It looked like 1970s or 60s. Yeah, they, yeah looked, you're right. Yeah. I don't you're know right. why they didn't just have like contemporary Contemporary cars. cars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. December 27th, because it was already after Christmas at 5 a.m. 2000. That's when we first see Shannon O'Donnell driving her her uh, Brady Bunch station wagon. Yeah. Really old, beat up station wagon. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's just start off with our guest stars. Can you give us a little uh, Let's go insight? through our guest stars. Yes. Our, their first job. It's always my favorite thing to know how yeah. people started. So Kevin yeah. Teague, who mm -hmm. played Henry. Yes. The bookshop owner. 
Mm-hmm. Um, his very first job was in the movie The Graduate. Oh, wow. What did he, he was play a, in that? He was an extra. He was oh, an he was uncredited showering frat brother. Oh, okay. I, I know the scene now. Oh, my goodness. He was in The Graduate wow. and he was basically an extra. Uh, of course, a few years later, he became a TV star on the TV show Emergency. Okay. About the paramedics, mm. which ran for, I think, nine years or something. Oh, wow. It ran a long time, seven yeah. or nine years. Yeah. He also wrote and directed on that series on Emergency. Good he was for a, him. He was a theater major out of USC yeah. and lived a real bohemian life up mm. until he got on the Emergency TV show. Yeah. So that's Kevin Teague. And a very recognizable face. You've seen very him over and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, our other guest stars uh, playing his son, Jason, was Bradley Pierce. Bradley Pierce. Bradley okay. Pierce. He was a young man. He was only about probably 15, so, maybe. He's a young boy. But he looked mm-hmm. y- even younger to me. Yeah. Um, his very first movie was at the age of seven or eight years old. The movie Too Young to Die with Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis. Very first what? Show. I- yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that film, but okay. I don't either. Playing Gerald Moss, the bad guy, the developer, trying to push through the thing. Yes. Gerald Moss, his very first job was in Grumpy Old Men, oh. the 1993 Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau mm-hmm. movie. We also had, when she first comes into town, she sees a guy on the sidewalk, yeah. a passerby who she wants yeah. to know about Talk. gas food lodging. Yes. His name was James Green, was that actor. He passed yeah. away, sadly, in 2008. His very first acting job that I could come up with was on Broadway in mm. Romeo and Juliet in 1951. Oh, my Lord. Romeo and Juliet on Broadway with Olivia de Havilland, probably oh playing the nurse or something. But oh he was probably you know, 20 years old. He was a, he was a very young man. Yeah. His 1951. First, first TV job was in 1960. Uh, a movie of the week or a special about John Brown's raid, a Civil War TV oh movie, yeah okay hmm. also a little known fact uh james green that passerby he had appeared in multiple episodes of ryan's hope so he probably worked with kate mulgrew or mary ryan oh my god with kate on ryan's hope that's wow. james green two more guest stars to talk about real quick yeah uh the driver that she smashes into when she Ah, first arrives at town she rear ends that guy Mm -hmm. christopher curry Mm -hmm. his first job was in 1981 in the movie the pursuit of db cooper with treat williams and robert duvall oh wow 1981 was his first job and then our field reporter uh the reporter for three action news it wasn't Mm. action three news it was three Three action action news news. Christina Hayes played that role. Her very first job, we were her second job that I'm aware of. Oh, her first job was another UPN series called Seven Days. Oh, I remember that show. Yeah. 1998. Oh, good. She had a a role on that. So she started with UPN. Hmm. UPN was her big breakout. I love it. I love it. All these guest stars were really good, I thought. Yeah. David Livingston directed this. Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski came up with the story. Joe wrote the teleplay. Joe wrote the teleplay. I did notice as I was uh, doing a little researching and that Joe, um, even though he wrote this teleplay, he was not thrilled with it. He really felt like it didn't have any sci-fi story. There was no real sci-fi hinge. And so I think, you know, Joe was very 
he thought there should have been a, a some hook that was very sci-fi. He just yeah. didn't feel like it was a Star Trek episode. Oh, and man. so that's interesting. I thought it, that was- It is. Rick Berman loved this one, by the way. Really? This is one of his favorites. So, interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's start this whole thing up. Let's start let's it do. out. Here we go. We're in the hallway. Neelix yep. and Janeway are walking down. Yep. Neelix has uh, asked Janeway about the Great Wall of China. He's been studying the Great Wall of China. Yeah. And uh, she basically says, well, it, it's to keep people out. That's about all she knows. She's yeah. like, they built it. It's built in China and then they try to keep people out. That's what right. else do you want to know? And he goes through all these details. He does, but he mispronounces a very important fact. What did he say? Okay, he says, because after she says, um, do you know why they built it? She says, to keep people out. Why else? He says, in fact, it was the first keen emperor who connected the walls built by a previous dynasty. He did it to prevent an invasion by nomads to the north. So when he said the first keen emperor, I know exactly what happened. The In the script, it was written Q-I-N. Yes. Q-I-N is actually chin chin so anytime you see q it is really ch the first really? chin emperor yes you know it's just one of those things and i i right off the bat i was a little bit bummed but oh, it is what it is yeah yeah, yeah. it's done yeah anyway um Go ahead. Uh, one thing i'm going to say about this they're walking down a hallway and i rewound it a couple times i'm like what is that hall yes because normally they, we always use the turbo lift nine times out of ten yeah the turbo lift over by uh sick bay it right. was the one that was around that corner. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they would actually put a, a turbo lift in the uh, hallway by engineering. They'd take oh, yeah. it mm -hmm. like an elevator set and they'd move it over there. Right. But this one was in the hallway by mess hall. And I really? almost, almost never saw huh. the turbo lift over there. That was yeah. a very unusual place because yeah. the hall they're walking down before they get in the turbo lift on one side is the mess hall. Right. There's two big rooms, mess hall on one side. And on the other side is kind of this swing room that we would sometimes build the uh, Janeway's quarters in, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, diff different sets. Tuvok, yeah. Club Tuvok would be Club over Tuvok there. Club Tuvok is there too, yes. But what's interesting is that it's it goes from corridor to bridge to captain's ready room. This is one continuous, you know. Which is also rare that, yes. that usually we just have a conversation like this in one set. It's That's much right. more efficient. But, yep. but I have a feeling that either... You know, uh, knowing what I know now, if I were a director and got a long conversation like that, let's yeah. say they had originally scripted it in the ready room or something. Yeah, yeah. Then I would say, hey, guys, this is our opening scene. Yeah. We need some energy. We need to come into this with some mm. energy and movement. Blocking and things like that is always the best way to give some energy to a scene. So. Yeah. I would I would have suggested if it was all in ones, I would have said, hey, why don't we start at some place, put them on the move, and then they can kind of settle in here near the end of the scene. So that may have happened here. I don't know. Well, you know what's interesting? This reminds me of the episode Disease, where the scene started with Janeway and I in the in mm -hmm. the, the the briefing room went yep. into the into the bridge she reprimanded me come into my uh captain's ready room and it ended in her ready room and again yep. that was livingston who directed that one i'm pretty sure so oh, livingston, so, so i feel maybe have. livingston felt that he he really knocked it out of the park with that that scene in a prior episode so he decided to use the exact same kind of um you know uh, structure yep. so yeah 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 okay they get in the turbo lift pop out on the bridge chicote says uh they're on course to a Y-class uh, cluster and mm -hmm. they've got three days till they get there. And she says, great, 
we've got time to relax. Yeah. So immediately I knew like, oh, we're going to, this is not going to be the typical uh, episode. The typical episode <laughs> this is going to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Got time to relax. So <clears throat> they go in the ready room, uh, continue tell, sharing histories with each other. Yeah. We learned from Neelix that he and Paris have this kind of competition going on right now. Yeah. He, yeah. Neelix and Paris uh, are sharing a lot of history and geography and that Paris is becoming an expert on Talaxian geography, which yeah. is interesting because my favorite thing is history and geography. Those two mm. those subjects yeah. are for me in real life are my favorite mm, things. Quite apropos. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. that was cool. It is cool. Janeway says, do you know about the Millennium Gate to Neelix? And he does. He does. He, he's been briefed by Paris. Yeah. Clearly. yeah. Self-contained ecosystem. It was a model for the first colony on Mars. And then she continues more. She says, you know, my ancestor helped build that Shannon O'Donnell. And by the way, she pours some tea in the middle of the scene. So they've walked from the hall to the bridge into the room, sat down. Then she gets up and gets herself some tea. And I'm like, do they always have hot tea <laughs> waiting for the captain in the room? Like she, because she pours it. Or you didn't know that I, or... I had to brew her tea that every your day. That was my I job. That. I, oh, I my goodness. That. I was, whew, that was one of my jobs that I did not like to do, but I did it every yeah. time. I just brewed that you. tea. <laughs> Actually, I thought it was coffee. So it wasn't coffee. Yeah, it was tea. Probably, it might have been, it looked like a teapot to me. It but did I don't look know. like a teapot. So, okay. But either way, it was hot and waiting and for her. Ready to go. You know. Yes. Janeway does say, Shannon O'Donnell, my ancestor, was the first in a long line of Janeway explorers. She was right. the inspiration. She was the one that was kind of an astronaut idol. as well. She was an astronaut. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, people in her family always talk about stories about her as well, you know, oh, like the, family yeah, reunion. So this is this is like a folk hero in her family. In a way. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she she throws out details like. Yeah, the governor of Indiana asked yeah, yeah, her to yeah. do this and, and flew they, her in, they, in, a, in a private, private jet. Yeah. And they cut to the, which is the brilliant, they cut to the scene, the flashback to two, that, the year 2000. And she's driving to Indiana, not in a jet and not even in a very nice car. It is a, a broken very down, broken down Brady Bunch station yes, wagon station is wagon. what it is. <laughs> so sad. So sad. Um, I love that she's giving a captain's log, basically. She's got yeah. an old tape recorder <laughs> she, on the seat. That's true. And she's recording. She I, why she's recording a journal for herself, I have yes. no idea. But It's very strange. But, but that's maybe that is the connection that Minoski was trying to make of the sci-fi bit. Like, okay, let's have Shannon O'Donnell do her version of a captain's log. You yeah, know? Maybe. maybe, yeah. But she's, yeah, she's talking to this tape recorder. By the way, that tape recorder was from like the late 60s. I had the same tape recorder. I'm like, guys, this is Y2K. Like, this yeah, is it, not, this it, is not 1964. It, it should have been about five times smaller, right? A smaller, yeah. right. It's you at that point in the year 2000, we had handheld tape recorders that could fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Yet the one she had looked like it was from Radio Shack. You know, it was like, what totally the? Totally did. Where did you, this is a time warp. But then again, yeah. maybe she's a, you know, she's into vintage she tech. Have, she's like, and she, she didn't likes, have much money. And yeah. yes, so that's, that could be it. She found it at a, at a garage sale or something. So mm -hmm. we can validate it. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, she drives into town next. We see her driving into town. Yeah. I was very impressed with the snow job that they yes. did. I mean, everywhere. And we do snow on Resident Alien quite often, but we don't yeah. do that much. That That's a lot of work. So, okay. Big so deal. For the listeners and the viewers out there, how do you create snow on a set when it is not 
snowing or not in a climate that even gets snow because clearly yeah, this, Los Angeles, California never gets snow. So yeah, this was probably happen? filmed in February of 99 or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I think this aired near the end of that season in May. Yeah. So it was probably the cooler time of year in California, but still it's Southern California. It's not Correct. that cold. How you do it is you use a combination of a few different things. You use snow blankets, okay. which are just like, you know, the kind of stuff you put on your Christmas tree. It's just a oh. blanket, a white blanket. Oh, but they had lots of those. And then you can use um, kind of scenic styrofoam things to look like, you know, when the plows go by and they make those, yes. those humps along the side. Yes. Those are probably some kind of plaster of Paris or styrofoam. Okay. And then you'll, once you build the hard elements that won't melt, yeah. then you fill in with either what we call fish ice, which is like what, what the fish sit in <laughs> in the grocery store. Or oh, wow. Okay. You get tons of that and they just shovel it in. Okay. Um, around the edges. And then you might even use some um, foam. They spray fo spray foam. Foam. That, okay. That uh, melts, you know, it, it dissolves very mm -hmm. slowly, but it doesn't melt in the temp. The temperature doesn't melt it. It's just time. Okay. Now that's so. to set up the snow that's already on the ground. What if you want yeah. to create snow falling onto the actors then? It could be flakes uh, and a okay. big giant Ritter fan or things like that. It could okay. be, it could be foam. Sometimes they'll have foam, foam as well. Yeah. foam machines that'll blow it and but that's very uneven it doesn't really look like flakes i think okay. in this whenever it was actually snowing on camera yeah it was digital uh -huh. it wasn't yeah. there wasn't a lot of um real interactive there was some in the close-ups but in the wide shots you can't blow that much snow it has to be a uh, visual effects okay i thought they did a great job that was yeah. very unusual for for star trek to do that kind oh, of oh agreed she sees a passerby guy. She asks where she can get some gas, food, and lodging. He's a little grumpy. He's like, there's nothing here. Go back to the interstate. Get out of here. There's nothing's open here. Like, nothing. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, are they friendlier at the next exit? Which I like. I liked her kind of comeback at the end there. Yes. And as she's yelling at the guy, she crashes into another car in front of her. She rear ends the guy in front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, clearly. I love, I love that first line. Good. She's like you stopped and he goes you didn't <laughs> and that was yeah. it. i love that yeah and she doesn't have insurance evidently she doesn't have insurance wow. he says i probably 200 bucks will cover it it's not a big deal and she's like 200 yeah. i don't have 200 and he's like okay keep the pen take the pen get out of here never mind so he let her go basically he, he lets her he go. didn't even yeah okay she was really playing the cold good there too i, I thought she did was. She was like shivering and I'm yeah. sure it wasn't freezing now. No. Southern California, <laughs> yes, 70 not. degrees. No. Yeah. But she was doing that nice. Yeah, and uh, she did. She gets back in her car and it, and it's not, it won't start. <laughs> and so I think next she goes to the bookstore, Alexandria bookstore. Yes. Yeah. She's looking for anything. that. Oh, so she kind of walks down. Everything's closed. It's yeah. Boarded it's all, up. It's all boarded nothing. up. Mm -hmm. Nobody, none of the shops are open except for this one bookstore. She goes yeah. in, she meets the owner and his uh, son. Yes. Henry and Jason. Henry is the owner. Jason's mm -hmm. the son. Mm -hmm. uh, she asks if she can wait for a tow truck in there. And uh, she's on her way to Florida, she tells them. Yeah. Well, it begins with they they think, you know, they joke around a little bit saying, I'm pretty sure she's not a corporate hitman, right? Because yeah. it went, the whole thing is now it sets the tone. Now you realize that he's the last holdout. 
yeah. to sell his property to this corporation that wants to build the Millennium Gate there. And, they, you know, so there's a little bit of joking there. And yeah, she's and like, yeah, I don't do that kind of work anymore. Or yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah, something like that. So she's she's very snappy and she's she's good with comebacks. I like that. Yeah. Much. Yeah. He offers us some coffee. So they uh, they kind of settle in and. Yeah. She said she sees that everybody's protesting this Millennium Gate. She sees the flyers for, for these anti-Millennium Gate kind of people that are against it, the, mm-hmm. the development. And, and we realize he thinks it's just a big shopping mall. Yeah. Basically, he's the last holdout we find out. Mm-hmm. And he's got this old antique bookstore. So you totally start to feel like, oh, this is the guy who's likes the way the old ways everything he's he's a guy who's really into old school stuff Mm -hmm. and doesn't like change and Mm -hmm. uh she says hey i've got a computer maybe i could work here for you and help you out and he says no we're not hiring and then she starts to leave and she kind of turns around and and she's like you know what she basically begs for it she's like i really need this like you know uh i've got nothing jason helps persuade his dad as well and the kid helps persuade mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah and i love her last line in the scene when he says okay all right you know we could probably use a little help around here and she, mm-hmm. and she she says well you do believe in electricity don't you <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good it's a good line it's a good but yeah. good good cap on this mm-hmm. uh we go to a bar next I think, opening right? shot on the tv at the bar showing the football game I was yeah so happy. a little football on star trek that made my heart flutter. Just I know it did. <laughs> what did they talk about in there? Well, Janeway and Jane, not as you know, when I say Janeway, Henry I Janeway. The, <laughs> I did the same thing. I kept writing Janeway, Janeway for yeah. Kate Mulgrew. No, and then I have to okay. go back and correct yeah, it O'Donnell. to Shannon. Yeah, she'll, because yeah, we haven't even said Henry, or talked about that. Exactly. Henry Kate Janeway. Is play, Kate is playing another character in this. That's it's what right. you said early, earlier yeah. is that You've got an actor, Kate Mulgrew, mm-hmm. playing not Catherine Janeway, but an no. ancestor. No. And it it bugged me. Yes. And I I didn't remember that part at all. Yeah. But it can get a little confusing. Yeah. But they're sitting there, you know, Henry and, and Shannon, they're basically talking about their their lives over some cold beers. And uh, you know, it's it's a cute little scene. And then they mm-hmm. hear some type of ruckus going on outside. And they walk out there and there's these massive dump trucks and just, you know, commercial trucks that are just rumbling into town. And these are clearly from the corporation. And, you know, their hope is that Henry Janeway will change his mind before the deadline, which is midnight. Yep. Um, yep. And, and, again, and again, you're right. It was, it was until noon, it was to midnight and it was, it has nothing to do with the military. It nope. has something to do with just common everyday people. So there you go. Yeah. I think we now have a shot of the uh, news reporter that is interviewing the rep, yep. the rep, Mr. Moss from the Texas company. We that's meet about Gerald Moss and yeah. Henry runs over. Henry yeah. Janeway runs over. He's angry about their bulldozing the heritage of this town. Mm-hmm. And ultimately Moss is like, you know, if we can't get everybody to sign off, we're going to have to use an alternate location and we won't do it, it here. Well, yeah. It's all or nothing, right? If yep. we get, if we get everybody, then it's going to go. If one person holds out, then this company will move to Canton, Ohio and do this, or there's a couple yeah. of other sites that they can move to. Yeah. So yeah, there is that, that scene. And Hen- Henry goes back over and tells Shannon and his son, <laughs> he's like, you know, all we have to do is stand firm until New Year's Eve. Right. So he basically starts the clock here. He does. He's like, we just got to yeah. 
if we can stay till midnight New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. then we're good. They won't build this thing. So now right. we know what the clock is. I did notice a lot of older extras, which is not common oh, in yeah. the scene. And I thought that was interesting because they were really leaning into this sort of old town heritage, like a, a mm-hmm. town that probably is, you know, past its prime at this point. It was interesting at the end of that scene because Henry and Jason take off and Shannon looks over to Moss, the bad guy who's on the phone, and they share this sort of long, meaningful look. Who, both... Shan- Shannon and Moss? You mean Shannon and Moss? And I'm like, they share a look? They haven't even met. Like, I kept thinking, that was weird. Wait, is he going to, like, do they know each other or something? Yeah, and yeah, it yeah, never yeah. really paid off, but I made a note here of like, what's that long, meaningful look between? Oh, wow. I didn't Bayway catch that. And Moss. Yeah. Okay. Great. So we go out of that scene back in the bookstore, wine and candles. Romantic uh, dinner yes. set in, well, he's sort of taking her on a journey to Paris. Basically. He opens up like a coffee table book that's got <laughs> yeah. art from Paris. Yes. And sets it next to their wine. So it's as if they're sitting on, you know, on the river in Paris at a cafe or something. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was very sweet. It was very it was. clever, creative. It was. We learned that he's never left Indiana. He doesn't. Yeah. He's never left the state. He's never left where they are. And he actually doesn't even care to. He's, he's yeah. fine with his books and going on journeys with his mind. He doesn't need to yeah. actually travel there. So we know that. Yeah. And then Shannon says, but she really wants to go to Paris. She's dying to go to Paris. She yeah. longs for adventure. Yes. He tells her that her car is ready. He forgot mm-hmm. to mention that earlier. Yeah. He conveniently forgot. To mention yeah. That. But her car is fixed and she says, okay, well, uh, I guess I'll leave first thing in the morning. And he's like, whoa, 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 not so fast. Not so fast. <laughs> you know, my son, Jason, wanted those computer lessons. Wanted you to show him some stuff on the computer. Right. Can you help he, him out with that? Help help him out. And yeah. maybe after that, you and I can just take a nice stroll. Stroll. <laughs> mm. <laughs> stroll. Long oh. looks between them. Yeah. Yeah. She says it's hard. It's going to be, you're making it hard to leave. So yes, yeah. so we're... We're landing these two are there's sparks flying. There are definite sparks and a flirtation is happening. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. We go to Astrometrics next. I oh, think. F- yes. We go back to the ship finally. Yeah. Janeway has asked Seven to help reconstruct lost and partial data from her family's past. Janeway says that she was influenced by Shannon O'Donnell and that she wouldn't have become a Starfleet captain if it wasn't for Shannon O'Donnell. So this is the assignment that she gives to Seven. And later we learn that she also asked Seven to do some research into her own family background, the Hanson family. We're in the mess hall now, and Paris and Neelix uh, walk in. They're they're still in their competition with history, and and Paris is testing Neelix on the Seven Wonders of the World. I thought it was hilarious. He gets six of them out, and then Ethan, Ethan gets to Seven, and he's like, he starts making these noises. <laughs> oh God. It was like Jerry Lewis. It was, it was, it was so good. And, and then, but the best thing is then he asked you, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know the seventh. And he asked you, so tell me what it is. And, and Paris is like, like, it's uh you didn't Jerry Lewis it. I was waiting for you to Jerry Lewis it back. I have a lady. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I did not. And then, uh, Seven, seven answers. Yes. There. Yeah, seven answers. She says it's the lighthouse of Alexandria, basically. <laughs> yes. And gives all the details. Yeah. And Paris, uh, in his sarcastic way, says, uh, 
Oh, and the eighth wonder, the Borg photographic memory. Right, right. <laughs> wonder of the modern world. <laughs> Neelix picks up a pad, a pad da, 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 that uh, Seven is working on, and he reads Sven Buttercup Hansen, <laughs> 22nd yes. century prize fighter. And this is clearly someone who is a ancestor of Seven's. And, and she uh, goes, yeah, she says, eh, you know, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. He's like, He's and, like, Neelix, and Neelix is like, well, Think about it, Sven, seven, seven. Sven, <laughs> it's seven. So close. There's only so one close. letter difference. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Yes. And uh, then, of course, even funnier is they get to, they talk about procreation, and and she doesn't really, she's not really jazzed about that either. And then Neelix oh, is like, Neelix is well, what joke. about? Don't you ever think about a little seven of nine point five running around? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. And again, more Jerry Lewis yeah. <laughs> from Neelix, yes. so good. Genealogy is a lot like fishing. You've got oh, to yeah. cast a wide net, is what Neelix tells her. Mm -hmm. And Neelix uh, says, I can help you with this. So Seven lets him. She obliges. And uh, Neelix basically says, uh, ask the computer to, to look into non-Starfleet databases as well, because Seven's only been looking at the Starfleet database. And mm -hmm. that's where we pop up a photo of none other than Shannon O'Donnell in her older years with her extended family like a around family her. photo yeah, family yeah like photo. a posed yeah. family photo yeah by the way when i saw this photo i was like that's not kate in old age makeup like i, I couldn't but it was it was <laughs> but at this point i you was like it wasn't how could they because it looks yeah. so different it i did, was like it did. It did. I didn't didn't look like her. I, I don't even remember her doing that at old age i don't makeup. either and I don't but either. i love the transition from looking at all of you guys looking at that photo to Jane Wade looking at that photo because it goes yeah. right from that you know from that shot. Now my guess my guess is are we still in the mess hall and she sees it while she's sitting in the mess hall or have we moved to another location because it's a little bit it's a little bit uh, unclear. I think we're where in her at. quarters or something. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, th I think that, yeah, the, the shot of the photo is the transition to her quarters. To her quarters when she's looking yeah. at it there. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Neelix ex is explaining that they you know, found this in a Ferengi database, mm -hmm. which to me sounded a lot like Ancestry.com or 23andMe. <laughs> yeah. He says the Ferengi were trying to come up with a nostalgic gift item that people right. would buy. And so they were looking into... <laughs> the histories of explorers the so origins was, of space travel on earth space basically. travel yeah. yeah which i which i thought was very funny janeway yeah. said janeway says oh i would have been their first customer so clearly this sort of nostalgia really you know inspires her i also liked in these scene this scene the use of the wide angle lenses here yeah it looked it it actually helped the story to to feel like that that photo on the yeah. laptop yeah, was always kind of anchoring everybody. You could see that low angle with Neelix behind it and the photo in the foreground. Yeah, you saw the laptop in the low angle with uh, Janeway and Seven. Yeah. I thought that was a good Livingston choice there. Yes, yeah, it was. I liked it too. Smart. I think we move now back to the local bar back in uh, Indiana. We do. Uh, one thing that Janeway says in the, the last scene, she talks yeah. about, boy, she was such a hero. You know, the whole town was against her. And she mm. fought for this thing. Right. And then when we come back, we realize nah, we're starting to see. Wait a we're minute. the real story here. Yeah. Yeah. And Up until now, we felt like, oh, Janeway knows something that we're going to see about yes. this hero. Yes. But now but we're starting of, to go. 
wait a minute, the whole town wasn't against her. This isn't adding up. Yeah, no, all her facts are not correct. So now we go back to the local bar in Indiana and the company rep, Mr. Moss, is now talking to Shannon O'Donnell. He's done some digging. He's done some research. He knows that she lost her last job, basically. Uh, She dropped out of the NASA training program, I suppose. And he offers her a job as a consulting engineer on the Millennium Gate Project in hopes that she will help convince Mr. Henry Janeway that it is time to sell. Yeah. And uh, again, all these facts that, that Captain Janeway has are just absolutely wrong. Yep. <laughs> Every single one of them. He, he does say when he comes over to her, he says, uh, next stop Mars. Yes, that's and right. That's, yeah. that's her class slogan. He knew her class slogan. Right. And he right. knew that a classmate of hers is in the space, got accepted in the space program. Yes, that's right. He says, yeah, I know you're an engineer. Engineers don't get the respect they deserve. Mm-hmm. So he does know a lot about her. Yeah. And yeah, makes her this job offer and says, but you can't wait too long. We're trying to get this millennium gate. It's called mm-hmm. the millennium gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't wait another thousand years is basically how he yeah. leaves the scene. Like we got to do this quick. Right. We go to a video shot now of like, moon the first first man to walk on the moon yes and and it's all grainy and we sort of pull back and then Black we realize archival footage archival footage and we realize it's shannon o'donnell waking up from a dream yeah she's dreaming this mm-hmm. i love the kid's blanket that she's got that sort <laughs> yeah. of yeah. like it's a nice touch sleeping in the kid's room yes nice detail mm-hmm. she gets up she goes out into the bookstore and there's jason playing with her computer Mm-hmm. playing a game uh he says he's getting vaporized though uh playing this game matrix of doom and she gives him some advice on how to play the game which i mm-hmm. thought was kind of a cute detail yeah but they they chat and uh we learn that his mom died yeah shannon asked about the mom he doesn't yeah. bring up that information shannon asks, oh what about your mother where's your mom so, yeah mm-hmm. yeah we learn that uh, Jason is now repeating a mantra that he's learned from his father. All the great heroes in history come from single parent families. So mm-hmm. this is some, uh, some ideology that he's, he's taken in from his father. And we also find out that Henry's off getting supplies from another town because a lot of people are refusing to supply him locally because of his mm-hmm. aversion to signing the contract, selling his property. Henry does return though in this scene and um, he's got a newspaper showing that he's on the paper fighting Mr. Moss. We see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then we have this long conversation between Shannon and Henry. It's an argument. It's, it's, a, it's, it, it, it's yeah. a bit it, of it's, a- It's a debate. Blow, really. it's, yeah. yeah, it's a heat, yeah. very heated debate. Yeah. And she basically um, is saying that he's living in the past, you know, you and are living in the past, just like these books, and you're not looking at the future. You don't understand what this gate, Millennium Gate is about. Um, he, he brings up, well, you've been sleeping with the enemy, I see. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> tension in this scene. Yeah. And she even tells him that she was offered a job. So she's being straight up with him, you know, mm-hmm. and he basically helps her to pack. He just starts packing her things and says, well, I guess that's it. And uh, she leaves. Jason also storms out. Uh, out and you know he's going dad, to Aunt Pat's. He yeah, says, yeah, yeah. He's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm going to Aunt Pat's. Happy New Year!" And that was it. So he leaves. <laughs> yeah, we step outside. I love yeah. that they built this set. I, it really appears that they built this set in the back lot, inside, because yeah. he walks right out that door yeah, from the he set. He does. He does. So that that's 
you know, those, those sets in the back lot, they're not always very easy to work in and um, they're not really meant to be used inside that the yeah, streets are really meant for the outside. Correct. It's a facade. So if yeah. you actually go, if you open up a door, any of those doors on New York street, you walk in, it's nothing. There's, there's nothing, nothing there. It no. is nothing. It's just, it's empty. There's nothing there. So it's not even really, a room. Sometimes it's, no, it's it not just, even, a, it's not even a room. It's just, it's, it, you see two by fours that are propping up basically yeah. the facade, the front, the exterior, and that's it. There's nothing yeah. there. So for them to actually dress that as a real bookstore, good job. I mean, that yeah. took some time. Yeah, sure. it was a big job for sure. Mm -hmm. I think we go to Janeway's quarters next. Back that's to the right. Ship. That's right. And, and here we Harry, go. Harry, Harry. 29 minutes and 57 seconds. We finally see Harry Kim. Well, Similar to our last episode. Sooner than Bolana. We have not seen Bolana yet. <laughs> we haven't seen Bolana. We'll, we'll we get have there. not seen Bolana and we have yeah. not seen the doctor yet either. Have no. We? So, no. Okay. Um, Harry makes his very first on screen appearance and he's talking about his uncle Jack. And his uncle Jack was uh, on a 2000, uh, what, what's the year here? Uh, 2210, 2210 deep space mission. He's, he's basically the commander of this deep space mission to Beta Capricus. Mm -hmm. And, and this, they talk about, Harry talks about how back in those days, everyone had to go into stasis. So Uncle Jack allowed all the crew to go into stasis and he piloted the ship alone for six months with nobody to talk to no one yeah. to interact with and nothing pretty much nothing to do and when they got there they realized that the <laughs> that the uh beta capricus is not even there it's just yeah. it, all it is is an em echo of a distant galaxy exactly. um, and the only way they can contact earth is through tra traditional means of messaging, which so not subspace. So the transmitter on that craft is so archaic that it takes weeks to get a message back to um, you know Starfleet mm -hmm. Command, I guess, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. And he goes ahead and turns the ship around, brings it all the way back, and then he takes the crew out of stasis when they're back in, uh, in Earth's uh, on Earth's orbit. And all the crew are like, why haven't we left orbit yet? So that's a funny story. It's a nice that's little a story. Funny story. I love mm -hmm. that. It, it did have a little element, though, to me of like inside baseball. Like he's telling this story about why haven't we left Earth's orbit? And all of us in the scene start laughing a little extra hard. I'm like, ah, <laughs> astronaut humor. I got it. I'm like, it's funny, but it's extra funny to astronauts. Yes. It's at this point that the doctor interrupts. Yes. Um, he, and he has some report to show Janeway. And, Janeway, and he thinks that he's in, interrupting some type of briefing or meeting. And Janeway says, no, no, no. We're just talking about our family histories. And the doctor, of course, always has something to say. So he chimes in that he has also histories to talk about. And yes. Paris has a wonderful line that the doctor's cousin was an electric shaver, which is, yes. I love it. Well, he says, well, I myself come from a very distinguished Distinguished, line. yeah, yes. <laughs> and Paris is, his cousin's an electric shaver. shaver yeah. <laughs> but, we, <laughs> but we do find out his real cousin is a prize-winning chess program, is what yes. the doctor comes up with, right? <laughs> Seven then asks Tom about his family origins. Yeah. Tom says, mostly farmers. But there was a pilot who flew the very first orbital glider over the lower Martian plateau. And Neelix quickly and very enthusiastically jumps in and says, because he must have known the captain's ancestor. And Janeway says, yes, my, my, uh, my ancestor worked on all the early Mars projects. And Tom is like, well, I know all the earlier Mars, all the early Mars project missions. What's yeah. the name? 
Shannon O'Donnell, O'Donnell. And Tom is like, who? No, that's impossible. That person doesn't know that that person never worked on anything. And now you realize same way is that you she's crestfallen. She is crushed. You you know what? You just I broke her heart. You broke her heart. I didn't know I was doing it. Oh my god. It's kind of like the bet with seven in the last like Paris is really (laughs) stepping in poop. I didn't even think about that. Putting his two episodes in in a row. He's the one that's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break your heart. I didn't mean to betray (laughs) you. I didn't mean, what? Oh my God. And to be perfectly honest, in real life, that's me. I'm always the one that sticks my foot in my mouth. And so when you say that, (laughs) Robbie agrees. When you say that, I'm sitting there going, oh, I'm cringing because I've done that before. And, you know, Paris, like myself, Tom Paris does not mean to, to shatter somebody's world. It does not mean to hurt anyone's feelings. It's just telling it like it is, that's all. And uh, it's very unfortunate that Janeway finds out this way. But she is She had to find out. Yep, she had to find yeah. out. We go to the ready room next. Uh, Janeway's there looking at a newspaper article, an old ancient newspaper article. Yeah. Uh, Chicote comes in with a status for ship status report. And then Janeway's like, oh, let me guess about the status report. She says, <laughs> oh. Here's here's her guess. She goes, oh, yeah. let me guess. Yeah. The holographic engineer is having problems with her program. <laughs> Neelix, the Cardassian cook, is low on supplies, and seven of twelve is regenerating, and the cap and Captain Chicote is doing just fine. <laughs> so she basically like messes up everything. Well, this is her way of dealing with the new knowledge that she's like Shannon O'Donnell wasn't wonder, who she was. Yeah, yeah I wonder how the future is going to interpret us. Like, are yeah. they going to think Chicote was the captain? Oh, and seven of my 12 God. Was- yeah, she does talk about how every culture has a very biased view, talking about, you know, first contact with how the Vulcans viewed humans and all yeah. this stuff. So it's very, you know, it is biased. Whoever writes the history is the person who is that's where the bias comes from. It's always yeah. going to be leaning towards that person's viewpoint. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I did like when she was going through all of those thoughts she was yeah. sitting in her chair, but she had her feet up on like an ottoman or something. What? It was just a very. It was in a very in the ready room at in, her desk. By her desk. Yeah. Her her feet were up and the way she was sitting. Yeah. Was just so informal and comfortable looking. And for this story, I just thought, God, that's a I, I don't remember her having I, a piece of furniture like no, that. But no. but it it was perfect for this scene. I thought okay. it was really good. She does say, talk about how history is imperfect. She says, you know, that there's just pieces. Uh, fragmented pieces, conflicting stories um, that just aren't the reality. She's learned that her ancestor did train as an astronaut, but didn't even finish the training. Right. And that she never worked on the Mars mission. Yeah. And she was only a consultant on the Millennium Gate. Yeah. So like this whole story of the governor of Indiana begging (laughs) her to come and and the whole town was against her, but she built this thing. And had a vision. Oh, it's just not true. Boy. Um, I love it at the end. She goes, how will I break the news to Aunt Martha? <laughs> I'm <gonna get laughs> yeah. Back to Earth. Like, how am I going to tell Aunt Martha? Right. We go to the bar next. Shannon and Moss are watching three action news. Again, I love three action news. <laughs> um, and uh, is this where Jason comes in and interrupts? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Moss tells, tells Shannon that the, the building of this gate is going to be delayed if... Uh, if Henry can't, you know, uh, join the rest of the crew by midnight. Right. 
And Shannon tells him that she's got to leave for Florida. And he says, you know what? Um, you've still got the job in Canton, whether he, you know, even if we move, uh, we think you're the right person for the job. So very nice. So now it's not, it's not about, oh, if you help us with Henry, the prize is a job. She's yeah. got the job already. Regardless. Uh, but J- mm-hmm. Jason comes in, the son. Yeah. And he says, hey, there's a crowd at the door. There's police there. Dad yeah. is not going to budge. Yeah. And she says, I'm sorry. You know, he can take care of himself. This is the scene, by the way, that I noticed it's a redress of Sandry. Oh, why? It, it, the angle, just because they were sitting at a table kind of away from the bar up on, on that, where the pool table used to go off. And oh, stuff like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I was like, oh my God, of course they redress screens. Like, <laughs> of course, that's the yeah, I, we, we just had it in the episode before. <laughs> yeah, it's already set up. You just got to change the lights go. a little. That's right. Throw a TV in there and it's good That's to go. right. Next, we go back to her driving and it's snowing. Um, again, this is something we never did. This, this is called poor man's process. So when you put a car on the stage yeah. and you put um, solid fabric backings all around that are black so that you can't really tell if it's you know it's it's nighttime driving and you you move the lights around and you bounce the car and the camera it makes it Mm -hmm. seem like she's driving but she wasn't right all done on stage they did a great job considering this is a crew that doesn't normally do this type of scene car scene you know poor man's process car scenes correct they they did a really good job yep they did She's talking to her tape recorder again. <laughs> it's very Captain's Loggy. I wrote it. Down. Is, it is. Um, there is one important little detail, a little small Easter egg in this one, though, right? Yes. Her guidebook says that she's not far from Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, recreated entirely in corn. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and so, you know, we've had da Vinci on our show. And yeah. so I, I think Minoski just snuck that little sucker he right in there loves yeah. the italian yeah, yeah. He lived in italy loved it. <laughs> yeah she does uh eat a cookie at the end of the scene yeah it was such yeah. an odd little when it happened i was like she's taking this moment with a chocolate chip cookie yeah. what, what, is this gonna, yeah. <laughs> what is this gonna be what's the setup here why what's is this happening? so important yeah and because she, she has to make a decision uh whether to she has about 95 miles to to decide to go either east or south so meaning yeah. canton ohio or florida florida right yeah. so and then you know we hear about da vinci and then the cookie comes out and you're right i'm sitting there watching what does this have to do with anything and she's with anything she, yeah she's eating that cookie and it's very non it's just sort of like eh, it's a meh kind of cookie thing yeah. but now we know that's part of it that the, the part taste of wasn't what yes. brings her back yes because so she's go- leaving portage creek but then something happens it's the cookie yeah has this odd reaction. And then we cut to a, a crane shot yeah. in the town. And there she is coming back into town. Right back there. And Moss is giving an interview to Three Action News. <laughs> um, and basically she comes over, the cops are like, sorry, you, you gotta you stay behind the, the tape. Yeah, but Moss sees her. He's like, Moss no, 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 no. let her through. <laughs> yeah, and he bosses the cops. And yeah, I was, he like, the... I was like, wait what, a minute. What? <laughs> What yeah. civilian Who, business yeah. guy who's given a three action news interview is there's just... no way that that guy is going to make a cop say do do his bidding. I'm sorry, yeah. it's just not no. it's not going to happen. So, nope. um, but but in our world, the in cop our world does. does. <laughs> yes, <laughs> our cops let everybody whatever you know the yeah the actor says you do. I guess. <laughs> anyway, we go to the store. She's knocking, knocking, knocking. He comes down. He has a candle. Yeah. He says, uh, he says, we're close. I'd like it. She's, she says, that's not what the sign says. 
He says, who's with you? And she says, nobody but us Galliforms. And I paused and I was like, wait, what did she say? And he says, who's with you? Nobody but us Galliforms. Yeah. I was like, Galliform. So I Googled it. It means chickens, basically. Mm. It was, it was. Well, they uh, referenced Galliforms earlier, though, in the, in the episode. They did? Yeah, they did. I don't remember, oh, I I don't remember which scene, but go ahead. Go ahead. Well, basically, it's her saying, nobody but us chickens. Who's right. here? No, nobody but us chickens. chickens. Like it's, yeah. it's like a, it's an old saw, I guess, an old saying or kind okay. of a joke. A joke. Yeah. Yeah. But she is Galliforms instead of nobody but us chickens. Right. I don't know. It's a very old fashioned joke, but mm-hmm. I thought it was a funny spin on that. So yeah. Joe Minoski, nice. Cl- you got me to pause it and Google something. There you go, Joe. Good uh, job. He, he does. He does let her in. This is where I said, oh, we're definitely on the back lot. You see the extras all out there. Mm-hmm. And she she says, you got to stop hiding in the past. You got to yeah. accept the future. You know, your son needs this. He need, He's the future. Your son, your your child needs it. This town needs it. And he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And then her, she finally says it well, was her. The, yeah. Okay, before ahead. the cookie thing, she does say I'm stuck in the future. You're stuck in the past, but yes. maybe we can get unstuck in the present. In the present. Yes, That's right. Yes, yes. Then the cookie, then the cookie story comes up. And he talks about the cookie. It was the cookies. She says it was a, a ritual, a treat that she yeah, would give she herself, herself whenever she hit the road. That's right. But she said it didn't taste the same after I met mm-hmm. you. And he mm-hmm. says, hmm, well, I prefer oatmeal as his answer. <laughs> I'm allergic <laughs> to chocolate. Yeah. Yes. And she goes, it didn't take it didn't taste good, Henry, because all I could think about was you and how I wish you'd been there. I don't like chocolate. I'm allergic to chocolate. <laughs> so yeah. it's again yeah. great little combative dialogue between these two. Love very it. Fun. But still very romantic in a way, too. Yep. You know, and she tells him, you know, uh, about this job offer, but she wants to stick around. Yeah. And uh, she's not going anywhere. So she promises to, uh, you know, she basically convinces him, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here, but let's do this. Let's, let's do this you know, together. Right. Do this yeah. together. And he this does. Is where we yeah, realize he... it's one minute to midnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he does say, well, I guess I could open my store back up in the new mall. Right. So, yeah. He, yeah. And then, yeah, one minute. So they still have time and they rush out. And it's rush just... out. he turns the sign to close and everybody yeah. applauds. Ah! The fanfare. The, the yeah. crane goes up and the snow is that yeah. Visifex snow at this point, right. the falling snow. Right. And beautiful kind of cap to that scene. We come into captain's quarters. Good transition off that snow that's falling in the crane shot yeah. to the stars. She's looking out outside. the window. And she's deep in thought. Very yeah. pensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job, David Livingston. Mm-hmm. Nice job, um, Davey. Neil exhales, right? Yeah. She's very sad, though. She's looking out at the stars. Just mm-hmm. sad that she, her dream or her... Her hero, her idol, uh, yeah. is not who she thought she was. Exactly. Neelix, Neelix says, come on, come to the messel. Come yep. to the messel. It's, it's, and she goes, is it, is it an emergency? And Neelix says, no, it's a personal matter, but I need to talk to you about it. So she's like, I'll be, I'll be there in a minute. Um, she enters the mess hall, and we hear a little bit of ruckus going on in the mess hall. And it is all the main members of the crew, and it's Happy Ancestors Eve, which yes, was sir. just created that day, April 22nd. Yes. Yes, the whole team is there. It's, yes, it's uh, April twenty second, Ancestor Eve, mm-hmm. and she says, "When was that established?" She says, "Well, uh, today, today, actually, <laughs> because they realized, and that's what's so sweet about the ending of this episode. The whole crew cared about 
Janeway being disappointed. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So this was yeah. a bit, this is a good scene, a good tag to the end of this. It's uh, also episode. Balana's. It's also Balana's first scene. Oh, is it really? This, this is, is a- the first scene we've <laughs> so seen we her. We see at. her at the very end of one this episode. Scene I love it. Chicote talks about this is an evening of reflection in honor of those who came before, mm-hmm. and Janeway's very reluctant. She just like, yeah, I don't know. And then you know, Chicote says, well, "What about the gift?" Neelix then picks up this photo that he's framed and it's the family portrait of Shannon O'Donnell from the year 2050 sitting in Portage Creek in a park not far from the old bookstore and Janeway's looking at it and, and she says well I don't think this this deserves a place anywhere in my my ready it's room. not relevant it's now, not really yeah. relevant anymore and and then everyone disagrees uh, seven disagrees Tuvok disagrees you know everyone disagrees with the non-relevant thing and basically we all say well if it wasn't for her you wouldn't have become a starfleet captain and janeway still in a bit of a blue mood says yeah i wouldn't have gotten you in i wouldn't have gotten you guys stuck in the delta quadrant if i wasn't a captain so there was she keeps coming back with things basically trying to just push it aside brush it aside but we don't yeah. let her um, the doctor says, let's pose for a family photo, which uh-huh. we do. We all t- take a quick photo and he wants to take another one, but we would, we don't want to do it. And then it's so cool how you, you have this, this, this tight, it gets tighter and tighter on the O'Donnell family photo. And then once it's totally in frame, it switches to live action of the actual photograph taking, which is yep. Awesome, I thought. Yeah, it's very cool. And that's where I realized it is Kate Mulgrew. Yes. I was like, oh my God, I didn't think it was really her. Makeup. My goodness. Yes. And she calls one of the little boys to come around in her lap. Yeah. Kieran for the next photo. Mm -hmm. Um, and we go out on this great little sweet image. Yes. What's your lesson from there? There you go. Less what's your lesson slash theme from this episode? I think uh, my biggest takeaway is that when you feel a sense of connection to something, Mm -hmm. that it can be very powerful, whether it's true or not, Mm -hmm. you know, so those, those ancestors, when, you know, I think there's something very special about the story of our lives and the story that we're connected to and Mm -hmm. whether whether it's true or not, all the details, it kind of doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's the experience, the emotional experience of that sense of connection that can inspire. So mm. I don't know that's a long, complicated one, but that's kind of what I took away from it. What about you? Um, for me, it reminded me of back when I was in college at UCLA, someone had written a letter, like an op-ed piece to the, to the school newspaper mm-hmm. um, talking about it was must have been like either George Washington or Abraham Lincoln and talking about how they were slave owners, you know, and how, you know, mm-hmm. how horrible that was. And, and then I wrote in, in response to that person. And my final bit, my final um, sentence was, don't focus on the past. Uh, because in essence, you will have, if you only focus on the past, you will have no future. <laughs> the only way to really live life is in the present. Like, and so, and yeah. it's true. So many people think about bad things that happened in the past, like this bad thing happened to me, that bad thing happened to me or to my people or whatever it may be. And it's like, well, wait a minute, 
you're talking about something that happened 300 years ago. How is that, how is that relevant to now? You know, how are you going to move forward from that? Or sometimes people only live in the future, meaning hypothetical things like, oh, yeah. well, I'm probably going to, this is probably going to happen to me and I'm probably going to die of this and that and whatever, or this is a bad thing that's going to happen to me. And it's like, wait a mm -hmm. minute. You, why are you thinking the glass is half empty? You're not even there to the future yet. You're mm -hmm. still in this time period, which is now. And so too many people are either living in the past or the future and not the now, the here and now, the present. Take care of your business. You and, in the you and Eckhart Tolle. You yeah, know, he, you know, he talks Tolle, about that too, doesn't he? Yeah. He's all about the power of now. Yeah. Now is all yeah. there is. Everything else it, is a fantasy. That's it really past. is. It really is. So yeah. that's my lesson from this okay. episode. Live in all the right. present. Live in the now. Great. Okay. Uh, ratings. I uh, am. Yes. Yeah. What's your rating? I'm going to hear you. My, my rating <clears throat> is I really enjoyed this episode, even though there wasn't a real strong sci-fi yeah. twist. Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a solid eight. I join you there. Exactly. Solid. Eight. Oh, okay. Let's, Let's see what see. the, yep. The Admiral and Captain's average rating for 11.59 is 6.3. Shut up. Shut up. What? Wow. I'm really shocked. Ow. See, I think that Joe has a point. Joe, I Joe think does have a point. People I mean, that tune into Star Trek want a sci-fi idea behind it. And this one didn't really have that. This was very much. And, and I will say, I give it an eight just because I thought David did a great job. Um, the guest stars were great. Kate did yeah. a great job. Yeah. I, I, I connect with the idea of I do too. this, the nostalgia of I do the too. family story. Yeah. But I see the flaw in Kate Mulgrew playing this role. I mean, mm. if it, if we had had a guest star in there, and Kate hadn't been playing that role. Yeah. It would have almost nothing to do with our show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we'd be watching and that's really, we were watching a guest character. Right. Kate got to play it, but it was right. not really had nothing to do with our show. So yeah. I get it, but I still, I still stand by my eight. Yeah. 6.3. Okay. Thank you admirals and captains. <laughs> Love your perspective. Seriously. All right, everyone. That is our recap and discussion of 1159, one minute to midnight, not noon. We invite all of you to join us next week when Robbie and I will be reviewing and discussing the episode Relativity. Oh, hmm. Relativity. You like that? I do like that. Okay, good. Let's see you next week. I can't wait to see it. Okay, okay. bye.